You don't even have to understand if you're new. You're sober a month. All you got to do is be willing to believe. And the belief will come. As long as we take the denial off of our... You know, Bob Conrad is a guy that I've met on several occasions. You know, he, he did that commercial with the battery on his shoulder. I dare you. How many of us come into Alcoholics Anonymous with that battery on our shoulder? I dare you to help me. How dare you. Who are you? Oh, nobody. We won't touch your battery. <laughs> Put on one on each shoulder. Sorry, man. Why do we fight it? Why do we make it so difficult? Don't we want to get well? Don't we believe this is a disease? Don't we believe we've suffered enough? Don't we believe something's wrong with us? Do we still want to blame it on others? Do we still want to look for the answers out there? As long as if you come into Alcoholics Anonymous and we let you believe that if you sit here long enough, it'll all be okay, we're going to kill you. Oh, we're going to capture you for a while. We'll keep you around for a while, maybe a year or two or three. But sooner or, li- sooner or later, you're going to leave because you know we lied to you. No, it's not going to get wonderful. But don't you want to feel better? That works. There's nothing in it for me. If you do those things and you prove that it works, my life doesn't improve, so I'm not lying to you. You can trust this. There's nothing in it for me. If you go on to a successful life in Alcoholics Anonymous and just happier than hell, my life doesn't improve. Similarly, if you fail and leave tomorrow, my life is not diminished. It's nothing in it for me. It's not that I'm insensitive. I want you to have it. But I can't risk what I have because you want to reject it. I can't give you my heart. I can't give you my brain. I gave that all my life. I've been given parts, but as long as I didn't feel like a man, I always had to prove I was a man. Interesting. At least it is for me. This stuff works. You take those actions, you pour those into the test tube, and the fear goes away. The anxiety goes away. The depression goes away. This works like alcohol. You get exactly the same effect from these steps as you did from alcohol when it worked. You feel better. You are who you want to be. And you really feel that way. Isn't that what we always wanted? That's there. Why don't we do it? Why would we rather go to meetings? Why would we rather talk about things we don't understand? Why would we rather pretend? Why do we want to keep our secrets? There's nothing in here about fear, anxiety, depression, anger, loneliness, guilt, or remorse, is there? There's nothing about tough marriages. There's nothing about financial insecurity. Then how could that work? Very simple. You don't understand it? Good. Because everything you ever understood ended up bad. Think about that. Maybe this... It's got a little hook on it. If you do these things, they fall into place by themselves. Surrender. Admit and surrender. Give it up. That's number one. 
we admit that our lives are unmanageable. You know what that says? That says, I had enough. I'm not going to live like this anymore. Admit it. Admit it. You know how to surrender? Here's how you surrender. I quit. Here's how we surrender. You know why we come here, if you're like me? Come here because you can't stand living like you are. Come here because of pain, not because of intellect. Who's kidding who? What the hell do you think we walked in these doors? This is not a great place to be. It's a place that people like me don't ever want to come. I never wanted to be here. I think I wanted to be here. I think I ever, my whole life, I couldn't wait to get to be an alcoholic so I could go to AA meetings. I couldn't wait to go to those meetings so I could tell everybody, I go to AA meetings. Remember when I graduated high school, what do you want to be in the yearbook? I want to be AA. <laughs> I came here, I was ashamed I was here. I didn't like being here. I was ashamed I was here. I just didn't have anywhere else to go. I didn't have anywhere else to go. I couldn't figure it out anymore. I want a relief from the pain. That's why I came in here. I knew I was sick. I knew there was something wrong with me. I didn't know what it was. I didn't know if it sounded like alcoholism or was alcoholism, but I knew I hurt. So I came here. So what's the big deal about admitting that you hurt? We admitted that we were powerless over alcohol and that our lives were unmanageable. I don't want to live like this any longer. And then just stick around and you will come to believe. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to take the step. You just come to believe. Because you'll see things happening around you and you'll know there's a power here. You just will. You don't have to do anything. What's the big deal? Just stick around with an open mind having surrendered and you'll just come to believe something's powerful around here. Lives change here. And then you'll make a decision. Is that a big deal to make a decision? To turn your life over that power? Does it mean you can't live your life? It doesn't mean you got to be a wonderful person. I mean, that you'll never read a dirty book again or you'll never... It doesn't mean those things. That you be a wonderful husband or mother or child and mean that. You're going to do the best you can acknowledging that there's a power and you're going to tune into that power. What's the big deal to make an inventory? We know what those secrets are. What, are we going to discover something we don't know? We know what we did when we were nine. What's the big deal? Why is it so hard to write it down? We know what it is. What's so hard? Why do we make it so hard? It's one of the things that will take blindness away from the blind. Give it to me. I'll write it down. Why won't the alcoholic do that? Well, I'm not ready to be happy. I'm not ready to be free. I'm not ready to be relieved of these things in the test tube. Oh, I'm not ready to take that step. Why not? You know what they are. And to share them with God. Oh, he doesn't know or she doesn't know whatever God's is. 
God knows. God always knew. Huh? I tell about that story when I was in grammar school and the nun brought the boys into the class and explained about sin and so forth and told us God sees in the dark. <laughs> then I thought, well, maybe he doesn't see under the covers. <laughs> God's everywhere, even under the covers. I know that. And then I'm going to tell it to somebody else who did the same thing. That's a big deal. Is that a big deal? Is that tough? Is that hard? It just flows. And then when you're doing that and you see them and you got them out and their secret's gone, you don't have any more secrets, you feel a sense of relief. And then you're willing not to be that way anymore. And you want not to be that way anymore. And then just ask that power that you decided to tune into to help you change. What's the big deal? And then you know. You know who you have to say. Listen, I'm sorry. Not for their approval or forgiveness, but for your demonstration of freedom by telling them that person that did that to you no longer exists. And on behalf of that person, I'm here to tell you, he or she is sorry. But I don't care when I say that if you like me or don't. That's a freedom of expression that I am free, that I don't need your approval but I truly am sorry if I've harmed you. And sometimes I can't do that. And sometimes it's good for me to continue to keep myself on track because I'm in charge of me. Uh, I'm responsible for me. And I'm wrong all the time. And if I stop remembering that it's okay to be wrong and to say you're sorry, I can end the pain as soon as I say I'm sorry. Or I can hold on to the argument or the resentment or the hatred until it kills me or eats me up. That's no big deal. I learned to be able to say I'm sorry. And all I want to know is what am I supposed to be? What am I supposed to be? And i got to quietly ask that power, what do you want for me? And you know what that power tells me? Be the best you you can be. Don't be somebody else. Just be the best you you can be. And you can't be so good because you're human. That's what you'll find when you do that. God will say to you, I tell you, I swear to God. Here's what he'll say. Just keep trying. And you're going to fail all the time. And when you fail, get up and try again. And when you're not a good sister, try to be. Even if your sister's a bitch. Because your actions of how you're supposed to be is not dependent on the other people. You're not supposed to be a daughter dependent on the conduct of the mother. As a daughter, you have a duty to be a daughter. That's whether or not your mother deserves that kind of daughter or not is not part of it. As a father, you have a duty to be a father. And it has nothing to do with how your children relate or deal with you. Just be the best you you can, and when you fail, try to continue to do that. Just be human. It's okay. 
when you feel the power and relief and the freedom of all this, share it with others and just keep doing it. And that's called recovery from alcoholism. And it's a continual process and it's painless. It's painless. And it works and it works a hundred percent. But if this doesn't happen, you will leave. Where are you going? Where are we going? Where are guys like you and I going? If we have to leave, tell me, where are we going to go? That we already haven't been and haven't liked being. Where are we going to go? Put this in the test tube and watch all the things in the test tube disappear. Stop putting this in the test tube and the things reappear. <laughs> yeah, it's not easy. Yeah, there's no free lunch. Yeah, you don't just feel better because you wish you feel better or you pray to feel better. We've been praying all our lives before we got here. Taking inventory all our lives before we got here, haven't we? What's wrong with me? Why did I say that? That's because We've been doing that all our lives, figuring it out. AA says, don't figure it out, just do it. You don't have to understand it, just do it. You don't have to believe it works, just do it. It works. If you like drinking, you'll love the steps. Why do you resist feeling better? Do you think you don't deserve it? Do you think you don't deserve it with your secrets? I got news for you. When you're finished with five, you don't have any secrets unless you wish to accumulate some new ones. <laughs> this disease is our enemy. Fight it. Attack it. Admit its power. Challenge it. Don't sit here waiting for recovery to happen. Work for it. Grab it. Just like that AIDS person would say, give me those actions. Give me those pills. Give me those treatments. Let me have them. I'll do exactly what you say. I want to live and be free of this illness. Ask yourselves. Ask yourselves, why don't you want that? And if the answer is, I do, finally, it won't be an intellectual thing. It will be based on desperation. Be desperate. It's okay to be desperate. People who walk through that door admit desperation by walking through that door. Quit pretending if you're pretending. If we take this together and we challenge this together and we hang together, we're going to win. But if we just sit around with our arms folded and say some pat little bullshit statements like easy does it, keep coming back one day at a time those all sound good so do the poems 
but I'll tell you something. Those things cure alcoholism, Bill Wilson said. The book says there are those who recover and there are those who don't. You decide which you'll be. Not them. You decide. What's it going to be? It's only your life at stake. Only you're going to gain or lose. You mean nothing to me. Nothing to them. When are you going to stop playing and pretending and acting as if you're only here doing a research project? When are you going to give up the secrets? You're going to go to your grave talking about, thinking about, being sorry about what you did. As if nobody ever did it before. What could you have done? Kill somebody? A lot of people kill people. Is it sexual? Big deal. How many sexual things are there? Really? Sex with people, sex with animals, sex with plants, sex with objects. What else? In Milwaukee, there are living people, dead people. Wait a minute. No, this is, I'm not being cute. Nobody in this room has done something that nobody has ever done. Millions of people in course of history have been, have done participated in things or have had things done to them. I don't mean it's good or it's easy. But we can get rid of that. We're going to live our whole lives pinned to that cross of secret. It doesn't say get up here and tell everybody in the world what happened to you, what your dad did to you, what your stepfather did to you, what you did to your... It doesn't matter. It says admit to God and to another human being, and then you'll never, ever have to feel that guilt again. Why do we want that? That's the question. That's one of the questions. Now, we're going to have lunch, and then we're going to all talk, because I'm getting tired of talking, and we're going to talk about some questions, and then we're going to fill in some blanks. But I'm going to tell you something. Get an enthusiasm Because after lunch, what I want you to do is let's just band together. Let's just pretend we're in this together. Let's just pretend that this little group of people is going to take on alcoholism. Last thing I'm going to tell you, the odds are against you. Because statistically, you're not supposed to make it because statistically, it appears that you won't do this. That doesn't have to be true. It's not true unless we let it be true. Let's just pretend in the last two sessions that we're going to unify ourselves. We're going to be part of something. Let's all start with the premise we need help. We don't. You don't have to say it. We'll just assume it. Let's just assume your life is not going the way you want it to go. Let's just assume it. So you don't have to pretend. We're assuming it. And let's also make one presumption that you won't make. Let's pretend that you don't understand or truly believe it. And we'll get that out of the way. Having made those presumptions, let's, let's get on with understanding what we're going to do about it. Okay, we'll see you after lunch. But guys, 
The sooner we do it, the sooner we get out of here. Okay. The, uh, I'm glad to see you're still here. Show you my kind of guy, you know that? <laughs> okay. There's nothing wrong with having fun while you do this. It, there really is. There's nothing wrong with having fun. One of the things that I think was so attractive about AA when I first came, even though I didn't like being with a bunch of people who were needed help because I didn't like that idea, was I was um, impressed by the laughter. And so it's okay, you know, and I, I think it's supposed to be fun. If it's not fun, why the hell do it? And uh, and I'd like to have more fun here today, but I just think it's so important to tell you these things. Um, you know why I do this? Because I think I wish, I wish, I don't think I know. I wish this would have been told to me. And I think that if things like this were told to the people who came in with me and after me, more of them might be here. That's the only reason. I mean, I really believe what I'm saying. This is not showtime. I don't, I don't get any charge out of having this microphone in my hand and having this tie on and this suit coat. I'd rather be on the beach. I mean, honestly. It's not a charge. It's not an ego thing. It's not a performance. I really believe this that I'm telling you. Um, and you just gotta believe that. I'm not trying to make you believe that. And I, and I hope that uh, nothing, listen, I understand that your attendance here is not going to fix your life. And after hearing everything I've got to say, your life's not going to take a big turn. I don't, ex that's not the way it works. But maybe, just maybe, something that you hear here, you might be able to use. And maybe the whole thing about Alcoholics Anonymous will make more sense. When I came into Alcoholics Anonymous, it was as if they took a jigsaw puzzle, opened the box, threw the pieces on the floor, and said, put it together. And most of the people, including myself, didn't have the patience or the interest to go through that effort because it looked hard and it made no sense and those pieces didn't fit. I believe, just me, I might be wrong, that if we said to newcomers, here's the picture. The pieces, if put together, will form this picture. See the picture on the box? The white pieces make a swan. The blue pieces put together are the pond. Behind that is the red windmill. If they had the picture, they might not be so intimidated by the parts that don't look like they relate to each other. And they can easily put white next to white, red next to red. And that's all this is about, showing you the picture. And I may not be doing it well, or I may not be able to show you the picture, but I'm going to try. That's all this is, I'm showing you the picture. Okay, so bear with me. We're just trying to show you the picture. So many people during the break said, will you say this, will you say that, will you talk about this, will you talk about that? And one of the terrible things about doing this is there's just so much to say you can't say it all. 
there's just no quick fix. There's just, if I say this to one person, they may make sense. <sighs> Whatever we say, we say. There's a lot of God in the program of Alcoholics Anonymous, and that makes a lot of people uncomfortable. And I'll tell you, it made me uncomfortable when I got here. Because me and God were not on great terms. I was raised to believe that God punishes. I don't know how you were raised. And I was raised to believe that improper conduct offended God. And I knew long before I got here that I had offended God. And I believed that God was going to punish me. And I could not take back all those things I did or said, places I went. And I never figured there was any way to be relieved from that punishment. So when people said, go ask God, I thought, you ask God. You ask God for me, maybe, but I can't talk to God. We are not on good terms. I don't know what God is. I don't know what God looks like. I don't know if God even looks like. I don't know if God is a thing, a being, an idea, a force. I have no idea. And some people know exactly who God is and how he looks and what he says. And that's okay. I don't. And that's okay, too, because they say here, care of God as we understood him, whatever that is. Now, what I came to understand after a lot of hard time in Alcoholics Anonymous, because my road in Alcoholics Anonymous has not been one of great success. There were many times I wanted to quit this thing. There were many times people around me looked gray and I wanted to get out of here. There was many times I was tired of going to these meetings, tired of making these, this coffee, tired of listening to those talks. There were a lot of times I wanted to cut. It just wasn't always wonderful and I always am, am not enthused. Even today, my enthusiasm comes and goes. Sometimes it's a fever pitch of enthusiasm and other times it's just, oh God, I just want to stay home and watch television or do anything just so it's not wonderful after 20 years it's not always high and intense I'll just tell you that but I'll tell you it's better than it's ever been and part of that is because I understand I have some understanding of what God is let me tell you what God is as I understand him God is good God is hope. God is love. God is peace. God is forgiveness. God has something to do with making people, the world, the universe. I don't know what it is. Something to do with it. God does not expect people to be God. People 
can't be all good, all honest, all loving, all clean. People can't be God. God does not expect people to act like God. The proof that there is a loving God, a proof, is that you're here. I've come to believe that this thing that I don't understand exists and that that thing, that force, loves me because it brought me to a place where I have a total, a chance to live a total different life. How many people in this world have that opportunity to live a total different life? To be able to say, stop and start again totally free, totally new, totally forgiven, totally clean, totally comfortable. How many people have that opportunity? <clears throat> when I first started to talk around Texas, I heard this in Texas. I'm sure it's around. Somebody said, we are God's chosen children. I don't think that. I don't think God chooses and favors one class of people over another because if he did he would have to like them better than the others God's got to be consistent if there's a God it's got to be equal if she's God's kid I'm God's kid we got to be equal in the eyes of God now we won't be equal in the eyes of human beings because human beings don't like equality among human beings. They like to be superior. Everybody looks to be superior to somebody else. And we reject equality of any kind. I don't care what it's equal about anything. I'm not talking only race or religion or sex, just male, female. I mean, just equal in general. But in God's eyes, it's got to be equal. So I don't know if we're God's chosen children. I don't know that. But I know that something special is at work here. For some reason, I've been given a chance that other people have not. My dad quit drinking the day I told him I came into Alcoholics Anonymous because my father... I, I seem to be preoccupied with father in this talk, but I guess it's because of what's going on. My dad was a uh, my dad was a heavy drinker, and he was a mean drunk. From my earliest recollections is fear, and I remember a lot of screams in the night, and I remember battered battered wives and knives and punches and blood. And when I told my dad that I joined Alcoholics Anonymous, my dad had never had another drink, and he's now almost 20 years sober. But he never went to AA, so his sobriety and my sobriety 
is different. We act differently, think differently, feel different. Okay. I don't think God didn't choose uh, me to have something different. I think everybody has a shot at this. I think God, in his way, gives every human being a moment in their lives when they can change direction. I think the difference is some people grab that moment and act upon it and others reject it. I think in every human being's life there is a moment at which they are susceptible to finding truth for themselves. Most times it appears, my experience is, that that moment is in sometimes dynamic events facing death being in deep trouble sometimes they call that bottom around here that somehow sometimes when we're brought down to a certain level of frustration or fear or loss it seems that we're most susceptible to that moment but I think everybody has that moment now, you either, you, you've either had that moment or you will soon have that moment. Most of you have had that moment. And for some of you, God has given us several moments. And we've rejected it. Those moments don't come forever. If you get another one, grab it. It may be the last one you'll ever get. You may have it tonight. You may have had it yesterday. You may have had it six months ago or a year ago. Keep it. Keep it. This is not any hocus pocus. This isn't any religious thing. I'm just telling you, this is what I've come to believe. And I share it with you. Not to cause you to believe it. I just share it with you. One of the ways to change how you're living is to follow direction. A long time ago, a guy came up with the idea of putting a bumper sticker on his mirror and it doesn't say one day at a time it doesn't say easy does it doesn't say you know what it says it says you're looking at the problem I am the problem he is the solution now this is not about religion I don't go to church. I wish I did. My wife goes to church. I wish I felt what she feels, but I don't. And someday I hope to. But in the meantime, Alcoholics Anonymous is my religion. I do not reject religion. And if people find comfort, strength in religion, my hat's off to them. And it's not inconsistent with Alcoholics Anonymous. Because the book says many of us find our way back into organized religion and I'm open to that possibility 
I'm open to anything that's going to make my life more comfortable because I've had it with living in pain. My tolerance for pain is minimal. I can't take much pain. I used to be able to take all kinds of pain. Just give it to me, baby, and I'd just fight it. But now I don't want pain. So now when I feel pain, I'm almost forced to act upon it. Because I don't want an argument to last three days. I want to walk through my house and not talk for three days. Three hours seems like three days. So maybe three minutes is enough. And all i got to do is say, hey, I'm sorry. The longer I'm sober, the less pain I can take. Let me tell you about pain. Pain is the most wonderful thing. It's a motivator. And it's okay that change is related somehow to effort. If I was going to... Let me put it to you this way. If I wanted to gain strength, I'm going to try to keep you awake. Now, don't be, don't put that, don't put that thing on your shoulder. Now, we're only kidding. We all have. To. <laughs> One of the things we learn around here is that we never laugh at people. We laugh at ourselves, each other. And this is a share. We never have to be on guard in Alcoholics Anonymous. You just don't have to. We're not picking on anybody. If I want to build a muscle, i got to get through the pain. If I take a, what do you call those bells? A dumbbell. Dumbbell. And a barbell is one I take with both hands put over my head, right? Bar, dumbbell is for this one. Okay. Okay, I got it straight. Hey, I'm not, I'm not that swift, you know. <laughs> I want to build this muscle. I take two pounds. Two pounds? Shit. <laughs> and I do that for two years. What kind of muscle have I built? I take that two pounds, or five pounds, or ten pounds, and I go, the weight's not important. But when I go the fifth time, and I go, if I drop, I'll never grow if when I feel that resistance, I immediately drop it. I'm never going to have a muscle any bigger than that. It's one day four times. And then four times. And then one day four times, five times six times sometimes that's what we have to do when we people like me when I say we please I say this again I'm just speaking from myself and people who say they feel like men don't speak for you do the things you don't want to do you don't want to go to a meeting force yourself to go because that's this point if you don't go the next time you won't go either and the next time will be even easier not to go 
But if you can make yourself do the things you don't want to do, you will be building a muscle. One day, life will throw you a curveball that you will only be able to handle if you have that muscle. And I don't care how old you are or how young you are. Okay? If it hurts, so what? So what? So what? How bad does it hurt? It's mostly an illusion. What did they ask you in Alcoholics Anonymous to do that hurts so bad? I mean, really? Why do we have to resist everything? Be so damn independent. Be Know what's best for us. Reject and figure it out. Use our judgment. Remember when I first heard a man from California said, My judgment got me here. My judgment will kill me. I need his judgment, their judgment. Because I don't know how to live. When I came in here, I didn't know how to live. I was very successful when I came in here. I wasn't a derelict. I didn't know how to live. All those things we talked about early on, I felt, and I still feel sometimes. But I know what to do about it and how to handle it. And I haven't had to drink for over 20 years. I mean, that's something, isn't it? It ought to count for something. And it means that it can happen for you. But you resist it. You don't have to. I tell you, it's okay. It's okay. And sometimes you fail. And that's okay. Follow direction. Do the things you don't want to do. Associate with people you are not like. Don't hang around with people who are like you. Doesn't mean you have to reject them. Don't make them your peer group. Why would you want to be with someone you, who is like you when you don't like you? <laughs> be with people you would like to be like, even though you don't know how. Your job, my job, is to fit in, not to have them fit in. How do you do that? <coughs> Commit to be a regular at a place that people will get to know you and a place that you will get to know them. Join. That's called a home group. Commit to be at a place on time, on a regular basis. Make that commitment. It's easier not to. But nothing's going to happen if you don't. You know what happens when you don't make that commitment? You don't go. And nobody knows the difference. They don't miss you because they don't know who you are. I got news for you. There's no they. You know. 
is about you. Not what they would think. It's about you. Join a group. Be part of that group. Get a sponsor. Don't get a sponsor who you're like, who has your interests, although your sponsor can have similar interests. Get a sponsor who you think you will allow to teach you. The other day I was talking to the beginners back where I come from, and I said something I never said before, because I don't plan what I say, I just talk, because I don't think this is a performance. So I say something today that I'll say different than the next time I talk to newcomers, because this is not some kind of canned speech. And I said, I was thinking the other day, why did I make it? And so many people who really had more going for them didn't. And I thought to myself two things. When I came in here, I knew I was sick. And I knew that other people knew more about living than I did, and my pride did not separate me from that knowledge. Everybody has different understandings. This thing called Alcoholics Anonymous is a place of teachers. I was willing to learn, and I discovered that the learning and the teacher often comes from people I least expect to be teachers. When I came into Alcoholics Anonymous, I was a successful practicing lawyer. I remember learning a lesson that I've remembered to this day from an unemployed steel worker. And he said something that night at that meeting that was like one of the pieces in the puzzle. And he was my teacher. I was so desperate, I didn't have to think. Well, shit, he's not my kind of guy. I'm not going to listen to his comment. Go to your meetings with hunger to learn. Every AA speaker will give you a pearl. In every AA talk, there's a pearl. I don't care if it's a slipper, and more slippers give more pearls sometimes to guys than speakers. Everybody who shares, who shares at an AA meeting, in that sharing, there is a pearl. It might be a sentence. It might be a phrase. They may talk 20 minutes, and that pearl takes about a tenth of a second or a second to come out. Look for the pearl. Be patient. Be committed. Be involved. And take direction. I'm going to tell you a story. Somebody around reminded me and told me, tell them that story. All my life, I've been a, I've been an outdoors guy. I, I hunting and fishing and anything to do with outdoors. I hate being inside. I mean, I'm just I just like it outside. And any opportunity I have, I am outside. And you can by the look of me, you can see I haven't been outside much. Before I leave, I will be. And I've been in a lot of places. 
And I'm going to tell you about a couple. One time, I'm going to tell a fishing story instead of a hunting story. I have this great grizzly bear story about when I was hunting grizzly bear up in uh, British Columbia. It's a great story if you like bears. But I'm going to tell you a fishing story. <laughs> okay? One day a friend of mine went up to... Um, it was Ontario province many, many, many years ago in Canada. And I have been in every province in Canada from the Pacific to the Atlantic Ocean except the maritime provinces. And thank God I've been invited to give a, a talk up there in, in New Brunswick. So this year I will talk in the, on a, uh, at Prince Albert and then go to the other side and I will have completed every province in Canada. And I'm really pleased because I love Canadian people and I like that, I like that country. But I'm in the, this is a lot of years ago. I'm with a guy who's the most super fisherman of all time. He's got all the equipment. He's got every kind. I mean, if you have if you have a a lure, he has every color in that lure. Okay, you know what I'm saying? I mean, if you got a number hook, he's got 18 boxes of number six hooks. And I mean, he's got every kind of equipment in the world. And he is the world's greatest fisherman. I'm not a bad fisherman. And we get up to this camp, and it's a flying place, and they fly, and we got there. And the funny thing about it is, it was moose season. And moose season draws a lot of attention up there, and the guides were all out guiding moose hunters. So the camp owner says, listen, I don't have any guides for you. Hey, we've been fishing our lives. I mean, I'm with Mr. Fishface, and I'm, I'm a good fisherman. <laughs> And here's this big body of water, and it's teeming with fish. Teeming with fish. They haven't commercial fished this lake ever. Have you ever been in the, up, up in Manitoba or up in Saskatchewan where they've never commercial fished that water? You, it's unbelievable the amount of fish that are in those waters. And this is the kind of place it was. So he said, what do we need a guide for? Don't worry about us. Just give us the boat. 25 merc. In the morning, out we go. Fish that bay, fish that rapids, fish that... All over. Didn't catch fish. <laughs> Jesus, what's wrong here? Next day, we changed lures. and Fast, slow, jerk. Everything. No fish. Three days we did that. <laughs> we might have caught one or two fish. But you're supposed to catch one or two hundred fish a day. Fourth day, the Indians came back to camp after moose hunting. Guy says, you want, you want a guide? <laughs> yeah, we'll take a guide. What the hell? <laughs> Guy took us right out to a place we had already fished. We said, what are we doing? He stopped right here. We said, we fished here. We don't, there's no fish here. He says, how'd you fish? <laughs> he said, here's what you do. Take all that off your pole. Put this on. Let it down 16 turns. 
the fish because of the time of year, the depth of the water and the water temperature were right at that 15 foot level. And we were fishing over them and under them. And we could have fished forever and never caught any fish. And we know about fishing. <laughs> Sponsors, our guides, Sometimes the fish are on the surface and sometimes the fish are on the bottom and sometimes they're in between. What did you come for? Catching fish or fishing? And yet so many of us want to fish ourselves. Why don't you just catch the fish? That's what you all want to do anyway. Think we felt better or less than the day we brought in our limit? Think we were less fishermen the day we brought in our limit than the day we came in with nothing? <coughs> Just do what they say. They've been there before. You know, when they were settling this country, they went from east to west. A little history won't hurt. And people wanted to go to the Oregon Territory. Some people said, load up the wagon, mother. We're going west. And other people said, geez, I'd like to go west, but I don't know how to find Oregon. They found somebody who had gone to Oregon. And he led wagon trains to Oregon. Every wagon train he led got to Oregon because he knew how to go to Oregon. He had gone to Oregon. Why do we want to go alone? We won't find Oregon. You're not less of a man if you join the wagon train. Or a woman? Is it about going or getting there? It's about getting there. This is the easiest thing in the world, this thing called Alcoholics Anonymous and what it has to offer. It's the easiest thing in the world. You having trouble finding God and you're new? Get out of your own way. The only thing blocking you from seeing being and being in touch with God is you. Get out of your way. Quit thinking about what you need. You know how it works? It works in reverse. The longer you concentrate on you, the longer you will do hard time. Help somebody else. Pick up the chair. Think about setting the meeting up. Clean up after the meeting. Be something in the group. Act. What do you think? The world's supposed to give you something? That's what I thought when I came here. Nothing happened. 
act, be part of something. What makes us so damn special? Why do we resist so much? I don't know, maybe you don't. Maybe you have a sponsor. Maybe you call that sponsor. Maybe you let the sponsor teach you. Maybe you ask him questions or her questions. Maybe you do what she says, or maybe you don't. And if you don't, the question is, why not? Remember I said I know some of the questions? That's another question. Why not? Why do I do that? What makes me so rebellious? Have I gone to Oregon? Don't I want to get to Oregon? Why don't I just follow her or him? That's a question. The answer is, you find the own answer. That's the question. Hey, don't think, I'm not selling you anything. And if you feel that way, I'm sorry. Because you know what? Most of you aren't going to make it. It's not because I wish that were not true. I guarantee you, I wish that were a false statement. Most of you aren't going to make it because most of you are too smart, too slick, too cute to make it. And I tell you something, if that's how you are, you're wasting your time here. Why don't you get out, get out here and be smarter and slicker and cuter? What are you doing wasting your time in AA, taking up somebody else's seat? Now, I'm not trying to be cute or smarter. That's fact. You think because you come sometimes when you're new that the world ought to stop? We got an inexhaustible supply of newcomers. <laughs> sure. That's not a put-down. That's not a put-down. And don't take it as a put-down. The program of Alcoholics Anonymous is designed to be an ego-deflating program. And the sooner we start deflating that ego, the better our chances of making it. That's not a put-down. It's true. Hey, I've been here 20 years. These chairs are always filled. And you look at your meeting. Somebody's always sitting in the chair. It's just not the same person. People come and go so fast we don't even know. We don't even remember that they were here. People come and they stay in AA for a day or a week or a month. We don't even get to know who the hell they are. We don't even miss them. That shouldn't be the case. If they did something, we'd remember them. Even if they just picked up the ashtrays, if it's a smoking meeting. <clears throat> All I'm saying is, there's only one way, and you got to do it. It's just we got to do it. And walking around with this thing on our shoulder just doesn't get it done. And I know I stay there and I played that game. The reason I know what I'm talking about is because I played it. I had a chip on my shoulder and I left it there. And I resisted doing anything people told me. And I figured I'd figure this out because I'm smart enough to figure it out. And if you got to do all those things, that's your problem. I don't have to. And after three years, I'm telling you, I swear to God, I was as crazy and as mixed up, sober as I ever been drunk. And I got scared. And I got a sponsor. I got a guide. I followed him and I did what he said even when I didn't want to do it and it didn't make any sense. And finally, I came to understand how simple this is and then I was embarrassed by how hard I had made it. <laughs> but nobody ever told me these things. Here's what they said when I was new. Just show up. Do what you want. If you don't like those things, don't do them. 
Bring the body and the mind will follow. It's like a smorgasbord. Take the actions you want, reject the others. You know what kind of alcoholic I am? Is it if it hurts, I reject it. If it's inconvenient, I reject it. If I don't understand it, I object. I it's I just reject anything that isn't easy, quick, and comfortable. So at the end of three years, I hadn't taken any steps, and I was sober and sad. Now, when you're three years sober or a year sober, you can't go to meetings and say, I am sober and sad. Because <laughs> it's for newcomers. And they expect you to be sober and happy. So you lie. And you act as if. I did. Nobody ever said to me these things that I'm saying to you. It in the smorgasbord. It's a program of recovery that is the only way anybody has ever known to recover from this illness. It is the only way AA knows to suggest to you. There are no other suggestions. AA's experience is that as a result of taking certain actions, people have recovered from alcoholism. And we suggest you take those actions. That's the only thing we know that works. But the observation of the people who came before us is that as we eliminate the actions, we reduce the quality of that sobriety. As we eliminate the actions, we reduce the quality of that sobriety. <clears throat> What's the big deal? We just do it. <coughs> the dilemma of the alcoholic of my type is we really want to talk about getting well, but we don't want to do anything to make ourselves better. The denial that I came in with about drinking I maintain in Alcoholics Anonymous about my need to change. And that's why most people like me don't make it here. I don't leave my denial with the booze. I continue to hold in denial. And that is that I don't have to do like they have to do. I secretly can do it easier in a different way. And maybe I can. But I tried it and I can't. And most of the people that I've seen try it haven't. And I want you not to fail. I just want you not to fail. But I can't want it more than you want it. If I want you to have a better life more than you want to have a better life, I'm wasting my time and you're wasting your time here. I mean, I didn't come here to give better lives. I came here because I got to do this. Because I used to stop doing this and I started to feel shitty again. <coughs> now, 
there's a lot of ways to carry the message to suffering alcoholics. You know how you do that? You don't have to come from Chicago to carry a microphone around all afternoon and talk. You know how you do that? You say hello to a newcomer. And, young lady, you're sober a month. If you walk up to somebody who's sober two days and tell them you're glad to see them and that you're sober a month and this thing really works, you do more than if they sit and listen to me for an hour. You know what? Because they look at me as some old fool that hasn't got what he's got and no wonder he feels so good and it's all working shit. If I had what he has, I wouldn't feel... But they say, they think to herself, my God... She's my age and she's sober a month and she believes this thing. When I sat at my first meeting of Alcoholics Anonymous, there were about 11 men. There were no women at my first meeting. And there was a guy who was a very, very successful guy and he'd been sober a long time and he talked. Joe, don't snore because it's father. We're picking up the snore. <laughs> he was very successful and he was very knowledgeable. But there was a guy that was sober seven months who was my age, okay? And I thought to myself, when the older guy was through, and he was sober 15 years, I thought, what the hell you keep coming here for 15 years? I mean, Jesus Christ. I mean, don't you have a life? I mean... <laughs> but the guy who had seven months, I thought to myself, oh my God, it's possible. Seven months. How do you do that? I mean, that's <coughs> 15 years. I mean, shit. I don't even want to think about that. Seven months continuously. And he said he was a salesman. And I kept thinking to myself, a salesman? How can you sell without drinking? I'm thinking to myself. <laughs> so you don't carry the message by holding a microphone and talking to a group of people. You just carry the message sometimes by saying hello and just doing this. You carry the message sometimes by just looking good. Not using four-letter words. Being an example. You carry the message because people come to understand and know you go to AA. You represent Alcoholics Anonymous when you're in the drugstore. take care of the message this is a place of great dignity Alcoholics Anonymous you carry that message when you leave the building how you act how you drive how you dress how you talk you're responsible to carry the message this isn't some bum joint this isn't a sexual supermarket this isn't a place you come to stay sober and then you have license to be a creep. Huh? You don't come here to get laid. You don't come here to get a job. If you do, you're going to be very disappointed. You're going to be very disappointed. You come here to learn how to live and to feel the way you always wanted to feel. And with that comes responsibilities and you carry the message. You've got to do that. You don't have to wear a suit and you don't have to wear a tie but you can be clean. 
Guy said to me, Frank, he said, look the best you can every time you go to naming. It doesn't mean wear a tuxedo or anything. You're an example. You're supposed to look like what recovery looks like. Not what addiction looks like or drinking looks like or loss looks like or failure looks like. And I thought to myself, I don't want to. I'm more comfortable the other way. But as long as I did the things that made me comfortable, I never got comfortable. <laughs> and as soon as I did the things that didn't make me comfortable, I got comfortable. Isn't that weird? That's how Alcoholics Anonymous works. It's upside down. Everything about this makes no sense. But it works. Now, here's what we're going to do. We've been here a long time. You've got to be tired of listening to me. I'm tired of listening to me. We'll have a five-minute break. Then let's have some questions. I'll try to suggest some answers. Maybe we'll talk. And then we'll all go home, okay? So let's have a ten-minute break, and then we'll wrap this up with a question and answer. In the group that has pitched in to make this happen, and especially to the people who came here today. <laughs> Thirdly, um, at the close of the meeting, if everyone will just stay in place for the Lord's Prayer rather than trying to make a circle, it'll be a little bit difficult with all the chairs here. And the last announcement is um, there is literature. We have our literature table and also a sponsorship weekend from the West Palm Beaches is coming up. And I've been told that there are flyers on the table available for you. It's May 22nd, 23rd, and 24th. And there's flyers on the table. Thank you. Okay. I, I want to thank you, too. Um, I could not have done what you're doing. When I was a month sober, or six months sober, or nine months sober, I would not have taken the time to do what you've done. Just take out the time and have enough interest to go to this kind of a thing. So if we're going to measure how you're doing, you're doing a lot better than I did at the same time. And that's what this is all about. What we want to do, the people that have survived here, we want to make, we don't want you to make the same mistakes we did if it's possible. And all we do is share. And we're going to ask, I'm going to ask you to be, feel free to ask whatever questions, but I want to, I want to say this. The answers are not the answers. Okay? When, if, if you ask a question and I tell you what I think, it's what I think. It's not the answer. And if it is different from what your sponsor says, or you perceive it different, talk to him or her about it, because chances are they're right. Okay? Because too often, sometimes, the danger of doing this is that the speaker comes to believe that he's got the answers, and that he is a teacher Now, you can teach while you're a member of Alcoholics Anonymous, and that works just fine. But if you're a teacher and not a member of Alcoholics Anonymous, it doesn't work so good. So, these are just my opinions. Again, if you don't think it's true, reject them. Does anybody have any questions? Yes, sir. I'm Rocky, I'm an alcoholic. Hi, Rocky. I've got a question. I have a uh, sponsor. 
I need to know is, is it wise to have two sponsors in the state? My opinion is, my opinion is, that my observation is that it's probably better to have one sponsor and a lot of people whose opinions you um, uh, seek out and you believe because no one person has all the knowledge, all the experience. The problem I would have with having more than one official sponsor, this is just my feeling, is that I know how devious I am. If I had three sponsors, I would agree with the one that agrees with me. <laughs> Next. Anybody else? <clears throat> The question is, do you, can you outgrow your spot? I don't know that. I, 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 I think that the phrasing it that way makes people build up a, a resentment to the question. I don't know that we outgrow. That presumes a elevated something or other. I just think people change. I think needs change. I think... Sometimes, as life unfolds, we have to seek different questions or different answers for different questions. Sometimes, the people who we chose early on give us all they have. And sometimes, we move to some other person to teach us a different lesson. There's nothing wrong with being a third grade teacher, but sometimes... I need a college professor. And sometimes it's time to be in college. And sometimes I start out with a college professor. And that person brings me through grammar school and high school and up to college. I don't know. But sometimes people choose. Sometimes they use their judgment to choose people who... It's kind of like marriages. All marriages aren't made in heaven. Sometimes it doesn't work. And sometimes both people are very good people. It's just sometimes it's time to move on. I don't know. I don't know the answer to the question, but that's the best I could do with that. Yes, ma'am. Hi, Mike. Chancellor. Hi. Um, is it okay question is can you disagree with your sponsor and make decisions that you feel alright yeah I guess I guess we always disagree we, I, we're never totally in unison with anybody in agreement with anybody but on serious matters of emotions and actions and reactions uh, why not try what they have to say to prove them wrong <laughs> Next. Yes, sir. When did you first start sponsoring people? Oh, what a great question. When did you first start sponsoring people? I, and when do you recommend other people start? I think it's the greatest question. I was sober 
Joe, you might be able to help me. How sober, how long was I sober when Urban came to me? Yeah, it took four and a half years of sobriety before anybody wanted what I had. <laughs> and, uh, that's true. And uh, he since left me. <laughs> uh, that's true. So I don't know. Um... Some people get a lot of people to sponsor, and some people don't. Um, I don't know why. That doesn't mean that people who don't have a lot of pigeons or babies, whatever you call them here, are any less successful in AA. It's just that that's the way it is. Uh, you don't.